Hi there, I'm Paul Mitchell, leadership coach, author, and founder of The Human Enterprise. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Leaders for Life Radio, where we interview leaders from all walks of life about all aspects of leadership. Leaders from small business, from government, from large corporates, from the arts and entertainment, from not-for-profit or rather from for-purpose organisations, from community-based organisations and from sport. In this podcast, we have a real treat for you. I'm delighted to be spending time with Dina Cooper on one of the most important, probably if not the most important, role of a leader, and that is the leader as parent and raising great kids. Dina works with parents to help them find their unique parenting style, not to copy others, but their unique style. And she does that both one-on-one in workshops and has a fantastic online program as well. Her focus is on helping you find the joy in parenting and, as I said before, unlocking your, your kids' unique potential. I think what she does is best summed up by one of her clients who said, and I'm going to quote, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for imparting your wisdom and for making life a happier space. There you go. At last, I've found some sensible, practical solutions to both my parenting and my life issues. Wow. Brilliant. So Dina has a a great book out as well called Smart Parenting, How to Develop Your Children's Mindset, Resilience and Courage for the Future of Work. And, and I mean, who wouldn't want that for the kids or the kids of, of the world? So please grab a cuppa or strap yourself in and listen to the heartfelt pearls of wisdom from Dina Cooper because the, the last piece of advice that she gives in the interview could literally change your life and that of your children. Enjoy. Hi, Dina. Great to see you and just fantastic to have a guest to talk about leadership in a different sphere, not community. And we've had a few people on community and not organisational business, but to talk about it as a parent. So uh, lovely to be here. Tell me, what got you into this area of smart parenting? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on, Mitch. Um, I love what the human enterprise represents and that notion of being a leader in every aspect of our lives. For me, uh, parent as leader and smart parenting eventuated because my kids were two and four at the time and I had been a leader in a bank and I'd been through several leadership programs but nothing prepared me for leading these two little people at home. (laughs) Whole new ballgame. Whole new ballgame. And my first child was really easy. I found him easy to parent. My second child came along and I was, I didn't know how to parent this child. (laughs) And I felt really triggered. I was, you know, I wasn't, wasn't showing up as a parent that I wanted to be. I got getting frustrated with him a lot. Um, I did not understand his behaviour. He wanted to uh, go and do his own thing. He would never listen to instructions. It was uh, he would you know, always do the opposite of whatever you asked him to do. And so I just felt like this alien. And did you think it was you or him? I mean, what were your thoughts around that, about, about that? Do you know what? I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking, this is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I was thinking that I'm struggling here. Mm. Like I'm not happy. I'm exhausted by the end of the day. Um, you know, and I was starting to feel really resentful towards my partner because I was off on um, off on maternity leave at the time, and and um, I was starting to get really resentful towards him because he had this break when he went to work, and I yeah, felt like I was doing it all at yeah. home. And did you talk about it? Did you, you know, talk about that with your and your partner's name? Sorry, is Todd. Todd. Yeah. So did you talk about with Todd about how you were feeling? Um, not initially. Mm. So um, it wasn't until, so backtracking a little bit, I had, so I was a leader in a bank, I'd done um, lots of leadership programs and I knew that I wanted to career change and I was just really lucky for the bank I was working with because they were really supportive of a career change for me. And they hired an external coach to come and coach me to career change and figure out what I wanted to do. And this coach said, oh, you'd be an amazing coach. Do you want to come and work for me? And that was my first intro into coaching and getting you know, this whole new world. So there's and two parallel universes happening. You had the, the parenting thing happening where you knew hey, I, I, it's got to be better than this, but you had a, on, on that more, let's call it positive path, um, someone letting you know, hey, you're great at this. You, 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 you're great at coaching. How did it come together? How did it gel together? Those two parts. Well, the the coaching, uh, telling me that I was good at coaching came before I had kids. Okay. And then once I had kids, I realised that um, I needed to start doing something for me and I didn't want to, the thought of going back to accounting was just full of dread and I really wanted to train, retrain as a coach. So it was. I went back and I studied uh, coaching and as a result of that study and engaging a coach myself for my own personal development. Was this for parenting or for just for you? No, just for me at this stage. Oh. It was actually for my helping me to establish myself as a coach okay. identity-wise. Yep. And what happened as a result of that program was that I transformed as a parent and when I went through that, I recognised that there are many, many, many parents out there who don't even know that these leadership skills exist and these coaching skills exist and that, and that they can actually transform the way that we operate in our homes. So that was the point at which, so that was 11 years ago, so let's have a look at that. So first of all, there's an awareness that something isn't right here. You knew something wasn't right. Um, there's a situation where the identity is tied up with being um, an at-home mum, in this case, looking after it with, with not another identity like the, the bank manager that you were. But then you started to realise through the coaching that there's a whole range of skills in this case that were applicable to parenting, but a real awareness, hey, there's a whole set of skills and processes, techniques, whatever you want to call them, available for us as parents that we just don't know about. But I guess if we did, um, parenting would be much more fulfilling. Is that about where you're at? 100% yeah. about it. Right. Absolutely. And so um, what, what advice would you give to, to a parent that had a similar situation to you that was, you know, being frustrated, wondering, my God, what's this all about? I mean, 
sure they could definitely read your book, and we'll talk about that later on, definitely do your course. But apart from that, is there anything else right, right up front that a parent can do to to get more fulfilment from the parenting role, to be a better parent, to be the best parent they can be? Yeah. I break it down, Mitch, into three key areas. Um, the first area is leading yourself. The second area is leading your family. And the third area is leading your child. And leading yourself is becoming aware of, you know, what is it? You know, what is it that's triggering you? And why? what is it that causes some of the reactions that you have as a parent? Um, it's becoming aware of how you optimise for your own energy. You know, like some people love having play dates and people to hang out with. Yeah. Some people just actually need time to energise on their own. So rather than organising people to come over for play dates, you know, they actually just need to organise more time for themselves. Um, some people love going with the flow and routine and uh, yeah, going with the flow and others love routine. So, you know, what is it that you as a parent uh, or as an individual or human being, what, what is it that aligns for you and how do you optimise for those things so that you, first of all, have the energy to then move on to, then we look at the right. family systems. Yeah. So, so really it does look like leadership in the corporate or organisation environment, it starts with self, knowing, you know, what floats your boat, what makes your DNA dance, uh, so that you've got the energy to lead self and therefore have that energy to lead others. We talk about often a, a flat battery cannot start another battery. And so I guess a flat battery, a flat parent can't necessarily excite, another, excite a child. So that's the first part. What's the second part? You said there was three aspects. Yeah, yeah. I love that flat battery. <laughs> Absolutely. It's that oxygen mask mm. analogy, isn't it? Um, so the second part then is the leading your family. And, you know, we go into a family, we come from different backgrounds and you know, today's families are made up of multiple parents and you know, there's all sorts of stakeholders, if you like, in a family. And so getting aligned and figuring out you know, what it is that, how, how you want to raise your child, you know, what, what are your family values? Um, you know, how are you working together as a team and how do you sink as a team? Like that's the that's the leading your family part. And what to be very explicit about what those values are to actually put them on the table, talk about them. Absolutely. So when I take parents through, so this is um, uh, I run an eight module program called Parent as Leader. And so when we get to sort of modules um, three and four, we're now focusing on the family, and. Um, what we do is we, we get parents actually go away, figure out what their own personal values are of what they want to instill in their children. Then we go through a process where they bring those together and then they sync them so that they've got now got a set of combined values that they're both happy with. And, um, and then that's when you share it with your children. Now, um, a lot of the parents that I work with, they've got kids between 2 and 12. So obviously with a 2-year-old, you're not sharing the values. Course, yeah. But what you do is you're actually, you actually put it up on a wall somewhere. 
you know, in your home. So I had a chalkboard in my kitchen and the family values were written on our chalkboard. So that's really visible, yeah. Yeah. But again, like in a lot of great corporations, they'll have those values up there and not, not just as uh, what's on the wall, but to live and breathe them. It's interesting though, I've often seen that uh, couples will, um, you know, be very, very attracted to each other and things can be going along, uh, not brilliantly, but okay. But then kids come along and they really start to realise the difference in their values. And often it's the way they were brought up as a kid versus the way their partner was brought up as a kid. What happens when you you bring a couple of parents together and they start to realise for the first time, hey, we are not aligned. We are very, we thought we were aligned as a couple, but we're certainly not aligned in our, in our parenting approach. Has that ever happened? And if it does, what do you do? Well, the very first thing there, Mitch, is I say to parents, do not make any marital decisions until your youngest child is four. <laughs> That's the very best. Well, there we go. You've heard it here first on Leaders for Life Radio. Go for it. And once once you have kids, you can get married, is what you're saying. (laughs) No, no, don't make any marital decisions, meaning don't, because you get so much conflict. Um, When your child comes along, those conflict of values, Mm. and a lot of parents at that point are thinking, can we actually be together? Can we raise this child together? Um, Because they're really feeling the cracks and it's Oh, I thought you were saying... Uh, don't uh, you know have a kid and uh, until um, once the kid's four, then you can get married. <laughs> no, <laughs> just no, my no. way of looking at it. You know? <laughs> a bit weird. Um, but that, that's fascinating because it, it's, it, it does, as, you, as you're saying, it does bring up all sorts of things. Mm, mm. So then, when you've got when you've got, I think one of the as you as you've just said there, like you know, when parents come in and they're um, they're not they're starting to learn that their values are out of alignment. And often we just we just haven't been tested in those arenas um, prior to that mm. because, you know, you've been a couple, you haven't had to think about anybody else other than the two of you, um, you know, and your, your friends and your work and, you know, they, that kind of ecosystem. And uh, your time is your own. You can manage your time as you want. You've got, you know, all of these things become under pressure as soon as you've got a child because all of a sudden, you know, your time is pressured because you've now got to consider this other person. Your uh, fa- you, you, your home <laughs> is uh, taken over by laundry and, you know, your food, you suddenly got to have certain types of food in the fridge ready for meals. You can't just nip out to the shops at the last minute if you've got a crying baby. So all of these things that we are used to and used to being in control over... Yeah, that's a big thing, isn't it? suddenly out of control. Yeah, and and because you're out of control, you feel you're out of control. Um, So a couple of things uh, we've talked about here. First of all, the importance of of self-leadership. I think that's such an important one. You know, know thyself, as they say, and then know thy partner, know thy partner in terms of... Um, of their values and then start aligning on those values. And the third one, let's come back to that in a second. Let's talk a bit about more. Once once yourself and your partner have aligned on values, let's talk a bit more about the way you share it. You talk about putting them on the wall with chalk and and so forth or putting them on a chalkboard on the wall. Uh, What are are some other ways um, we can can actually inculcate, uh, immerse, uh, just surround ourselves with those values so we're living according to those values? So when you're on a day-to-day basis, we're constantly looking for 
what are the things we want to prioritize in our family and so that's the first thing and the second thing we're looking for is you know what are the things that we want to um, you know support our children to develop you know how do we want them to be and a lot of the time when we're disciplining our children if you want to use that word I'm not a fan of that um, because you know discipline's more about punishment rather than actual encouragement and so when you've got a set of values that you've thought through as a family and you've gone this is how this is what's important to our family now you've got this way and I suppose in corporate land we call this operationalizing your values right so now you've got this uh, set of values that you go all right well you know we're thinking about an activity Uh, that our son has come to ask us to do and he's already doing three other activities and one of our values is curiosity let's say and so you know we know for a value of curiosity that you need some space there needs to be some freedom not just being scheduled up all the time so you know, when we know that that's a value, then we go, right, well, he wants to do another activity. If he wants to do that activity, he needs to drop something else because it's important that he has some space mm. to have that free mind-wandering curiosity time. And so now it becomes a way that we make those decisions, decisions right. on a day-to-day basis. Mm. What happens if we don't have those guiding principles is that we get caught up in just reacting and, oh, I think I should do this or I think I should do that. And and we're not really, and we're making those decisions minute to minute. And often, you know, if you haven't aligned on your values, you're conflicting on those decisions minute to minute, which is both exhausting and, you know, very confusing for the child. Um, so now when you've got this set of values, you've now got a way to make decisions in your family that are quick, easy, and so much more effective. And to use your word, aligned. And uh, aligned. So it's, it's, it's fascinating. The parallel to great teams is uncanny, but great teams have those set of values. They look at them at the beginning of the meeting. They talk about, they, they, they reinforce and give credit to people that are aligning with those values and they talk about, hey, hey, does this new direction or this new product or this new way of, of working in the marketplace align with our values? So I think there's, a, um, a, again, very strong parallels. Let's, let's move uh, to this concept of future work, getting your, getting your children ready for uh, the future of work. First of all, what do you think the future of work will be? Um, and then you've talked about a certain mindset, courage and resilience that you need to develop in your kids to get them ready for the future of work. But first of all, let's talk about what do you see the future of work um, will be? So research tells us that on average, our children will have about 14 different careers in their lifetime. Um, We currently today have maybe two or three. So that means that our children are going to be chopping and changing, quite agile in the ways that they're going to be leading their career. And the common thread through all of that is somehow carving out their own path. And so for me, when I think about the future of work, it's about having 
an idea or an ability to be able to carve out your own path and therefore have the mindset of what it takes to carve out your own path, the courage to follow your own path and the resilience to withstand when others might not agree with your your perspective or your journey and or you know being able to translate your path into a contribution into the world also requires that resilience because it you're constantly getting knocked down rejected people don't understand you and to be able to pick yourself back mm. up and go that's okay. Yeah. I'll figure out another way to make this Absolutely. make this make me understood in the world. So two things come to mind here. One is uh, obviously the Bard William Shakespeare who talks about this above all to their own self be true. So you're helping your kids be true to themselves. Um, but also the work of Joseph Campbell who talks about follow your bliss. So what you're really saying is that as a parent, you're trying to help your child find out what that what that what that DNA or superpower is. And then support them in in, in 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 going on the path that aligns with that. So how do you do that? How how do you help kids find out what is their what is the gift that they have to bring the world? What is their super talent, their superpower? How do you how as a parent do you help them discover that? So when parents come on to the Parent as Leader program, the very first thing that they do is they take a parent as leader assessment. And we measure 48 motivations within that. And that helps parents to understand their own motivations, first of all. And we use it throughout the program. It helps them to understand each other's motivations in the leading your family part. And it also helps them to understand their child. So we translate all of those motivations into understanding your child having those motivations as well. And when you know and can start to spot these motivations in your child, right. you can now communicate to them mm. in their motivations. So really what you so you you teach the, the parents to be much more aware and they, they and they become much more aware because now they know what they're looking for. Signals or whatever, yeah. So, um, so that's the, that's the mindset. But what about the resilient piece? You talk about, um, you know, nurturing or, or growing or developing resilient kids. How, do, how does a parent go about that in our world, which is just often giving them one rejection after another or stuff they've really got to conquer? A lot of resilience comes from knowing that. Um, from a parenting perspective, a child knowing that they're not going to be rejected um, if they make a mistake or right. they're not going to be rejected if they say the wrong thing. They're not going to be rejected if they express themselves. Mm. And so what that does is, um, and we go through very specific techniques on how to give a child feedback such that they're not attaching that feedback to their identity. So for me, true resilience is I can give this a go because I'm not a failure. The thing I did failed, right. you know. Right. Um, I can make a mistake. Yeah, I didn't make a mistake. 
the thing that it was just a mistake that happened, mm. you know, um, rather than making it about me as a person, it's making it about the thing. I think that's, that's interesting because uh, although we're talking about you're, you're not rejected, the reality will be kids will be rejected. You know, they'll say, my, my, my son as an actor gets rejected a lot, uh, but it's not a rejection of him as such. It's a rejection that he wasn't right for that role or uh, the timing wasn't right or whatever. So what, 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 how do you inculcate that mindset that a no is not a rejection of them personally? What, what does a parent do rather than, hey, yes, as a parent, you're not going to reject them, you're accepting, but the world might reject them. How do you inculcate that almost protective clothing around them that they're not taking that rejection personally? So um, this is going to go really, really deep, really, That's really good. fast. You need to, yeah. Um, when a child um, is parented to love themselves, um, therefore, even the parent's love isn't what the child, the child has the parent's love, but doesn't need the parent's love, doesn't need anyone else's love because it's got love for themselves. That's when they can go out into the world and even if they're rejected in a role, even if they're rejected by partners, yeah. They still have that love and that respect and that honouring of themselves. And so ultimately, when we talk about all of these skills and all of these ways that we help our child form their identity, for me personally and all the parents that I support with, my ultimate goal is for the child to love themselves. That's just so... Magnificent. I don't know whether he's a philosopher or not, but there's a great song by George Benson, uh, The Greatest Love of All. Uh, I believe that children are the answer. Lead them well and let them lead the way. And then the greatest love of all is learning to love yourself. And so what what you're really saying is that bottom line, that the, the role of a parent, if you really want to um, do everything you can for your child, is to help that child love themselves. And I guess that comes from the parent learning to love themselves as well too. It does. And it's a parallel journey. Mm. I think this is one of the things that um, I'm a big advocate of is, is letting parents and all of us know that we're, we're on a journey together. None of us are done. None of us are, you know, we're all, we're all on this journey of loving ourselves and we're all on this journey back to ourselves. And... We want to make it okay to be on the journey with our child. We don't have to be too far ahead of them no, in that journey. No. We just have to be willing to be with them on the journey. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so what? So we're, we, we're, we're aligned to our own values. We're clear on our own values. Our partner and I, our partner, partners have got together and they've sorted that out. We've got the family values. We're making sure our kids are, are, are feel loved no matter what. Um, but then stuff comes along. Society comes along. Uh, Facebook comes along. You know, FOMO comes along or whatever. What can a parent do when there are some traumatic events coming along and the child is really acting out or um, doing stuff that's just not healthy long-term, particularly as an adolescent? 
what what can a parent do in those times of trauma, those times of danger? So um, this is where the fundamental um, self-leadership skills um, come in. So um, it's where we start with parents. It's where we start with our children. Um, We cannot protect our children from the things that they're going to experience in their lives. We cannot um, predict what kind of situations they're going to be in. We can't even predict what their ultimate calling is or their, you know, what it is they're here to do on this planet. But what we can do is equip them with the skills to be able to lead themselves. So um, the first skill that I teach every parent is the emotion diffuser. Tell us about that one, the emotion diffuser. That sounds interesting. So the emotion diffuser is... Um, recognising how it is that we create um, the emotions when we're feeling triggered by anything. And it's how to be able to quickly gather ourselves in order to be able to respond from the best place possible. Now, in essence, what the emotion diffuser does is helps us meet reality where it's at. And so... When we think about this as a skill for ourselves as parents, it's, you know, if our child comes to us and, you know, says they're being bullied at school, Mm. our first response is actually the one, the first conversation we want to have is the one we have with ourselves. To actually go, well, you know, I'm feeling triggered right now. What is it in me that's feeling triggered, if you are, right? Before you then look at how you're going to support your child. And so that emotion diffuser helps you to just be with your child in the best possible way because now you've you've handled what's going on for you and you've moved yourself out the way so you can show up better Mm -hmm. for handling this situation. And so when I think about life skills and I think about, you know, our children having these skills... I see with my children today, because they're now 14, 16, and they've lived in this philosophy for, you know, the past 11, 11, almost 12 years now. And what I see them doing is is making healthier choices and they're less reactive teens because they've got these self-leadership skills. It's not to say that they don't have outbursts and they don't, you know, go off on different tangents or they don't feel depressed or they don't feel anxious about things. But what they do is they feel those things and they're encouraged to feel them fully but then also know that those feelings don't define them. That's fantastic. So we're not trying to just go all rational here. We're going, okay, that's the feeling, but step back from that rather than actually having to react to that feeling, uh, which is uh, it's so important in terms of you know, that emotional control. I mean, Kipling used to say, and keep your head about you when all the rest are losing theirs and, and blame it on you. So there's some, some great, wonderful life lessons here. Tell us a bit more about, it sounds like you cover a lot of this in your Smart uh, Parenting course, and I, I know that a, a lot of our leaders uh, are huge in terms of their own development as leaders, as you know, personal development, as leadership development. So tell us a bit about this smart parenting course. Do you have to uh, 
give up time, which is often a big thing for our for our leaders, or is it if you've got online or books, tell us a bit about how that operates. So the the smart the book is Smart Parenting. The pro yeah. the program is called Parent as Leader. And uh, it is an online program and it's specifically designed for busy parents because, um, you know, we just, as you said, it's a struggle. So what we have is we have modules and we have um, work, workbooks that go with the modules that each video is probably, you know, maximum of 15 minutes. And so each week parents go through and they go through it as a group so it's uh, yeah, they come do a do a video and training module. Come along to the Q and A if they want to come along to the Q and A. So the idea is that uh, it's in the evening, so it's accessible for parents to be able to get to. It's all online, and it just helps them to step through the journey with other families week on week. Love that idea of uh, because I think in any particular issue, it's just so important, and research shows that. Having a community and going through something with a community um, is, a, is, a, is a great way of, of, of getting strength and, and forming great bonds. And I would imagine great friendships are probably formed in those uh, situations as well too. So I, I'm uh, say I'm a, I'm a business executive, if I'm a mum or I'm a dad or a, uh, a, a single parent, um, and I'm 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 looking at uh, a couple of just handy hints I can do straight away. A couple of things I can do as a, as, a, as a parent to be a better parent. I, I'd, I'd like to read your book and I hope to read your book and I'd love to get to your course, but are there a couple of sort of quick, I'm not looking for an easy fix, I know it's not an easy fix, but what, are, what would be a couple of suggestions you could make to a, to a parent who's listening to this and wondering, wow, what can I do to be a better parent? Apart yeah. from what we've talked about with the values and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of quick handy hints are, I guess the first one would be, uh, and it's part of that self-leadership um, skills range, is uh, whenever something's happening with your child and you're feeling yourself triggered, is um, just actually recognise where it's happening in your body. Um, so in it will show up in your neck or your shoulders or your tummy or your... Um, you know, your foot maybe, and so everyone's different, but it's just actually doing a quick scan of your body and going, well, where am I feeling this right now? Because whatever it is that's, that's happening, that's right, yeah. it's showing up in your body yeah, somehow. Yeah. So very first thing, if you bring awareness to that and just breathe into that area, just a couple of breaths, mm. um, that helps you to recenter pretty quickly. So, so, so again, it always starts with leading self. So hold it. I've been triggered. I know I've been triggered. Take a breath. Where's it showing up in my body? Um, other hints. Yeah. So the other one that I would go is um, whenever you're giving feedback to your child, um, whether it's whether it's positive or negative feedback, um, always separate it from their identity. So rather than saying you did a good job, actually say you know that thing that 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 mm. uh, poem that you wrote yeah. was written really well. Yeah. Um, so separating out their identity from from your feedback that you're giving them. I, I've seen over and over again that the one of the hardest things for people to change is their identity. Um, you even see prisoners that that uh, recidivists will keep on going back to jail because they believe that's 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 who they are. They're uh, they're, they're criminals as such. So so what you're doing now is is actually separating what we do from who we are. So how do we know who we are? 
if we don't link it to what we do? How does a, how does a child get to know who she or he or they are? So a couple of things. I think that as parents, um, there's a bit of humility and understanding that we don't know who our children are and we don't know who they're going to become. Mm. The children are not your children. Carl Gabran, yeah. So there's, there's that recognition. So as a parent, you're wanting to create a container for whoever they are to emerge and to have the best possible opportunity to emerge. But we don't actually know if that's going to happen or not. Mm. We've got no idea. But what we can do is set up the container so it's really good. So for the second part, it's um, looking at that container and helping them to understand themselves through the lens of the motivations. So remember those 48 motivations that I mentioned earlier? So if I go back to my child's behaviour when he was two and um, he was pushing back all the time, wanting to do the opposite of everything that I wanted um, him to do. If I look at that through the lens of the leadership, uh, the motivations, that is a motivation for difference. And motivation for difference means that he can walk into any room and he can spot what's different about that room. What it translates to in behaviour is that he will want to do the opposite of whatever it I'm is sure, that you're I'm asking. I'm sure a lot of parents will say, hey, I think I've now diagnosed one of my kids. <laughs> so then that's when your, your languaging patterns change and you tailor it to that motivation. So mm. if you've got a child that's wanting to do the opposite, um, what you do is you change your, your language stem and you say, you may not want to do this, but let's go and have some dinner right now. Okay? Well, so it can't be, uh, uh, we, we, please, could you mess up your room? <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you, Mum and Dad. I'll, I'll be tidying it right now. Uh, but you make an interesting point about the motivation in that it's the same, in, again, in the work situations. A lot of our listeners are our leaders in work situations, that, and we talk about you can't really motivate anyone. That is just BS. What you can do is to provide the environment where they can motivate themselves. And I think what you're talking about is the same thing with a parent too. You don't know the direction they're going to take, but you can take, you can provide that container, that, that safety, that bowl in which they, which they grow as such. So, wow, can you, get, can you give us one more handy hint? Because you've certainly given us a few there. What's another <laughs> quick handy hint for... Uh, to be the best parent you can be. What's the best advice you ever got? Is it, I know you're giving advice to parents. Yeah. What's the best advice you ever got, say, as a parent? This is going to be a bit controversial, but one of the things that I heard that's really stayed with me is that um, you can only love your children to the degree you love yourself. Wow. And um, I've been on a massive journey back to myself and it has been a real challenge and a real struggle and I wouldn't, you know, there's a lot of unlearning that I've been doing over the last decade. And I'm still on that journey. Mm. And I think that on one level, I want to go, that's just bullshit. <laughs> you know, I just want to deny that that's true. But I think um, the more that I live and breathe this journey, the more that I recognise that... Um, we can only ever offer our children what we've developed in ourselves. 
That's not to say that they won't go on and develop other things, but if we're talking about creating that container, mm. um, then our own self-leadership is the biggest component of that. And um, often parents come on the program and they um, they remark at the end of the program, and they said, yeah, because we only focus on the kids in yeah. at the end in module seven and eight. Mm. Like, and they're like, you know, we've barely focused on them, but actually all the challenges related to the kids have disappeared by the time we've got to. Because they've been working on themselves so much. Exactly. Wow, what an, ob uh, an obligation, if you like, for us to be happy, for us to be kind, for us to be uh, uh, the best versions of ourselves we can be. And what a fantastic start that is uh, to therefore be the best parent we can be. So, um, Dean, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Boy, we could go on for uh, for a long while here, and I'm sure there's probably lots of questions that um, you may have uh, of of Dina. What we'll do um, in the, at the end of this uh, podcast is put Dina's uh, contact details on, details there about her books, about her various programs. So, thank you again, and thank you for the the the, uh, the really important part you're playing in our world and. Uh, Boy, if our, our biggest job as leaders is surely to uh, to create a generation of, uh, of new leaders uh, for the world ahead of us, and that starts in the home. So thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Dina. Thanks so much, Mitch. Thanks for all that you're doing and uh, grateful we've got this conversation together. What a wonderful note to end on, that the most important role of the parent is to help your child learn to love themselves. And what about that, that the genesis of all of that is that you, as the parent, learning to love yourself. I love the words of George Benson. I don't know whether they were his words, but in the song, The Greatest Love of All, and no, I'm not going to sing, but he says, I believe that children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. How good is that? So Dina's certainly given us some great food for thought here and I can't thank her enough. I'd love you to think long and hard about your own parenting, not just for your kids but for generations to come. I love the statement, or the question rather, how can you be the ancestor your descendants deserve? How good's that? So how can you raise great leaders uh, if you can't raise great kids? Because great kids become great leaders of the future. So look, thank you so much for being part of the Human Enterprise or part of the Human Enterprise tribe. It does mean a lot to us. And I'd love you to share this podcast with other parents uh, like you who realise that parenting is the most important leadership role that we'll probably ever have in our lives. Until next time, find the passion, develop the skills, make the numbers and make a difference. Mm -hmm.